Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Part of what makes San Francisco's Mission District such a vibrant place is the hustle and bustle of the streets. For years, you could find vendors selling crafts and goods along Mission Street. But these days, that bustle is a bit harder to find. Because after months of disputes over public safety and street vending, the practice is now banned along a section of Mission Street. Asking these vendors at the end of the year, just when the holiday season is happening, to suddenly stop working is deeply unfair. Buying from vendors is a part of our culture. The mission has just become the latest San Francisco neighborhood to see a major policy shift driven by fears about safety. Today, why street vending has been banned on Mission Street. So this ban, it went into effect on Monday. Azul Dahlstrom Ekman is a reporter for KQED. What it does is it basically bans all vending, so anyone selling anything on the street within 300 feet of Mission Street from 14th Street to Cesar Chavez. And this ban uh, lasts for 90 days, and it could be extended if uh, the city finds reasons to extend it. I want to understand how we got here, because fights about vending in this area have actually been going on for months, right? Can you just take us through the events that sort of led to this ban? I think it's important to recognize that there's basically, in this story, there's two different kinds of vendors. There's permitted vendors who have gone through a process with the city. They've paid money. They've gotten a business license. Then there's this other kind of vendor, which are people that are allegedly selling stolen goods. But this ban bans all vendors entirely. This issue of people selling stolen goods and a suggested link to an increase in crime around these markets has really drawn the attention of the city. And so in March of 2022, the city passes a law that says, if you are going to sell anything on the street, you have to have a permit. and If you are selling things that appear to be new, you have to show that you bought it somewhere. That law also specifically makes the Civic Center area in downtown San Francisco a no-vending zone. And that's when a lot of people say this presence of this market of people selling stolen things really increased around the 16th Street and 24th Street BART station. 
That situation comes to a head, and Supervisor Hillary Ronan, who represents the Mission District, among other neighborhoods, says that she starts getting calls and emails from constituents, people saying they don't feel safe. And so in July of 2022, Ronan does something pretty drastic. She asks BART to fence off the BART Plaza at 24th and Mission. Supervisor Ronan basically said, you know, I have to do something. This is untenable. Right. So these barricades came up and there's also this permitting system that was in place. But vending pretty much continued up until the ban that we're talking about today. So what set this ban off that we're seeing right now? So DPW, that's the Department of Public Works. They're the ones responsible for inspecting these vendors' permits. And apparently DPW workers have reported being assaulted, being threatened. Ronan says basically DPW inspectors have come to City Hall crying, asking, please, can we not work on Mission Street? Because they feel that it is so dangerous to work there. The own city staff of DPW have to wear bulletproof vests to work, uh, have had their lives threatened and have been assaulted. And so Ronan made her case at a press conference at 24th Street BART Plaza on Monday. These people have caused a problem in the mission, and it's a big problem. I hear from all the brick-and-mortar businesses that are also barely surviving on Mission Street that say that their business is down because you can't walk down Mission Street and feel safe. I Wait, I'm going to finish. I have received, I receive daily... Uh, emails and calls to my office of immigrant residents in the mission that say they no longer feel comfortable riding 24th Street Bard or 16th Street Bard or the buses here because it's scary to walk through the chaos in these places. Ronan and the city and, and DPW, they're all making this case that there is a direct link between these illegal street vendors and a rise in crime in the neighborhood. And so we've got to do it and start having a safe and calm and clean atmosphere again in the Mission District. What do we know about whether street vending is actually linked to these fears about crime, as Ronan has been saying? There's a couple ways they're making this connection. One is people reacting to sort of this very fluid environment that develops around these BART plazas where someone shows up and they open up a suitcase and there's all sorts of things. There's clothes, there's detergents, you know, household goods, and people sort of swarm around and and it's sort of a very fast, it's almost like the New York Stock Exchange, you know, $5, $10, whatever, and, and then it kind of goes. And so it's this very dynamic situation and that has some people feeling unsafe. Then Ronan's actually also citing police data. So in this DPW order, it says within the mission, and I'm quoting here, within the mission police station service area, the intersection of 24th and Mission Street and the intersection of 16th and Mission Street rank as the sites with the highest and second highest number of calls for service. So those are the two areas with the BART plazas. So the order states between October 10th, 2022 and October 10th, 2023, 
The department received 580 calls for service for incidents on Mission Street from the the area of the ban, basically 14th to Cesar Chavez. And the three most numerous types of calls were assault, battery, petty theft, and vandalism. We don't have the granularity of the data to say this is directly related to street vending or these illegal vending of goods. Mm-hmm. But I think in, in, in large part, this has to do with a perception or an experience of feeling unsafe while being around these markets. Coming up, how the city made the ban happen and what vendors think about it. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. So how does Ronin actually make this ban happen? Ronin needed to do two things in order to make this ban become a reality. And that's because in 2018, street vending was decriminalized in the state of California. The first was to demonstrate that there was a real risk to the safety, health, and welfare of the general public in order to get around SB 946. She did that by pulling those records of the DPW workers who reported being assaulted and, you know, working with the city attorney and other city officials to make the case that this was a risk to the general public. The second thing she needed to do that she said she wanted to do in order to get this ban into place was secure a place for these vendors to go while the Mission Street ban was in effect. Azul, I want to ask you about how vendors are feeling about this. What are the vendors that you've spoken with or heard from and also advocates saying about this ban, especially the folks uh, in the neighborhood who are are very much uh, affected by this? The vendors who are calling themselves the Mission Vendors Association, the main calls by these permitted vendors was to wait until after the holidays to put the ban into effect. Because for them, they're saying, this is a big time for us to make a lot of money. We rely on this work to support our families, to pay rent, to put food on the table. And this problem has been going on for years. So why now, just before the holidays, are we putting this ban into place? They agreed that the situation on Mission Street was not good. And they also want these 
other vendors who are allegedly selling stolen goods to be moved by police and other city officials. Because I guess this ban is applying to everyone, including the vendors who've legally obtained permits to sell. Yeah, that was basically the message of Sofia Lopez. Ella generalizó diciendo, los vendedores de la misión, aquí dentro de todos los vendedores, nadie somos ladrones. Todo lo que vendemos, lo tenemos facturas. She's a longtime vendor who sells uh, crafts from Central America. She's been selling in the Mission District, she says, for eight years. And her message was basically, we're not the ones selling stolen things, so why are you punishing us? Cuando yo caigo a la misión, yo me siento en casa, porque aquí todos nos conocemos. La misión es muy segura. No nos la pueden quitar, porque esta es herencia que nuestros ancestros nos han dejado. La misión es el barrio latino. Nos pertenece a todos los latinos. Sofia Lopez said vendors actually do feel safe in the mission because it's their home. Other vendors also talked about feeling blindsided and upset that they weren't directly involved in this decision that affects their neighborhood. Well, it's interesting how much the word safety keeps coming up in this story. And I'm curious if advocates of these vendors really believe that this ban is going to do what Ronin and the city wants it to do, which is to keep people safe and make people safer. Yeah. So the question of whether or not not having these vendors around will create more safety is something that's debated by some of the advocates who are advocating for the vendors. Safety does not equal the lack of vendors. One person who spoke at a press conference the Wednesday before Thanksgiving was Del Del Medina. She's the co-president of the San Francisco Latinx Democratic Club. And she basically said, we need a safety plan in order to really ensure safety. Having people be economically viable is what creates safety. So do not conflate the difference between having a safe system for us to be able to walk around in this area with a lack of vendors. What happens after the end of the 90 days of this ban? Well, the ban could continue. Ronan says that they are going to be constantly evaluating and the ban could be extended by a subsequent order on the basis of health, safety, and welfare concerns. I want to talk about what this is going to mean for vendors now, especially, I mean, we're heading into the holiday season. This is such an important time for folks selling goods. What did you hear and and see and what stuck out to you about your conversations with these vendors as we head into the holiday season um, under this ban? Yeah, well, there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, these vendors are basically at this point at the whim of the city, Mission Street is a very important place to sell. It's got high foot traffic. It tracks a lot of tourists, people who are especially interested in perhaps like buying these sorts of crafts that these vendors sell. 
it is worth it to note that the ban is really only just Mission Street. So the city has basically rented a commercial space for 90 days on Mission Street, right across the street from Clarion Alley. And it has spaces for 48 vendors to sell their stuff. There's also, I should add, another site at 24th and Cap. Apparently it has nine spaces for vendors to use. Tito. Sí. Okay. Y... I went to Tianguis, that's the uh, space that the city has rented for these vendors, and spoke with Tito Ledesma. Uh, he's a vendor who formerly vended on Mission Street and now is selling in this space. He basically said that he's only sold $8 worth of stuff today, and some days he could sell as much as 200 So it's really, it appears that it's impacting his sales already. This is very early on. Ronan and other city officials are pleading with community members to, like, please give this a chance. You know, they're saying, share this space on Instagram. Do your holiday shopping here. Let's try to make this work. But I think the general sentiment is that these vendors really feel like their lives are being upended by this ban. Azul, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That was Azul Dahlstrom Ekman, a reporter for KQED. This 32-minute conversation with Azul was cut down and edited by senior editor Alan Montesilio. Maria Esquinka is our producer. She scored this episode and added all the tape. Thanks as well to Nick Altenberg for some of the tape that you heard in this episode. Shout out as well to the rest of the podcast squad here at KQED. That's Jen Chien, our director of podcasts, Katie Springer, our podcast operations manager, Cesar Saldana, our podcast engagement producer, Maha Sanad, our podcast engagement intern, and Holly Kernan, our chief content officer. The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.